Let's go Celtics. Woo! Man, that feels good. Welcome in to episode 51 of the Clown Chat Podcast. This is Jacob here doing another solo episode. Hopefully we can uh, have some guests return to the uh, to the podcast soon. For now, it's just me. Um, you know, maybe we'll have some guests talking about the conference finals or something in a little bit. Maybe my get back at some NFL stuff too, but we're mainly NBA focused right now because we are headed to the final four, the last four teams that are going to be standing. And man, do we have a good episode today for you. I'm sure this one won't be uh, as highly, uh, you know, highly listened to because, you know, people like to see me fail, um, you know, rather than succeed. And so, uh, you know, episodes like the last one where I'm talking about that game five collapse you know, we're going to get, you know, a lot of the attention, but, uh, you know, we're here, we're still standing, we're still alive, we're still kicking, everything's good, and, uh, here to talk about it, and, uh, here to have, bring a much happier story, at least for me, to the, uh, to the podcast than, uh, than I did last time, um, And to the real, you know, to the real believers and supporters, uh, you know, of the pod, you know who you are. Thank you. Thank you. You know, appreciate it always. And, uh, yeah, so here we go. Um, so we're going to get to Phoenix a little bit later because we have to talk about that. Um, one of the most shocking things I've ever seen watching basketball happen in that game. But um, we have to start with the Celtics. Um, you know, watching this team... Go through everything it's gone through over the years. From rebuilder, you know, from from tearing from, from a teardown to the rebuild to putting together that scrappy playoff team that you know didn't really wasn't really a title contender, but you know that was a scrappy playoff team that was fun to watch. To actually having hope with those you know free agents starting to bring in those free agents. Of course, Al Horford. Um, who's quickly cementing himself as a legend of this franchise. Um, you know, first to sign on, others came, you know, after him. But, um, you know, from that to the lottery picks, to adding the these two young studs, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, to then the injuries and the trade that must not be named. You all know what that is, the one of the worst trades you know, in the history of the Celtics franchise, ultimately, um, to the the individual acquired in that trade, you know, quitting and leaving, to then the reboot the following season, the development of Brown and Tatum, but still not being ready, the, you know, disappointment in the bubble, to then the last couple of seasons with the inconsistency, and then the chance, like, there's everything this team has gone through to now finally, like, watching this team grow before our eyes and learn how to play championship basketball. That's really what this is about. I mean, they were really good before, but you can tell how much this team has grown. You know, just facing a team like Milwaukee, a championship contender, the reigning champions, that... I believe that series was the finals. Those were the best two teams, the Celtics and the Bucks. 
and for the Celtics to not fold down 3-2, to stay with it, to play the way they need to play, to execute the way they need to execute, for Tatum to step up on the road and have the signature game of his career, for the team to play a great team game in that game seven and not, you know, execute the game plan, stay with it. That's championship basketball. And seeing this team make those sorts of progressions right before our eyes is just so awesome, man. It's just so awesome. It's just such a pleasure to watch. Um, And so here we are. Obviously, the last time we spoke in Game 5, you know, it was a bit of a, you know, some significant adversity for the Celtics. And I said on the on the pod last time, I said, this is not over. It's look, It looks bleak, but it's not over. And boy, was it not over. In game six, backs against the wall. Who steps up? Jason Tatum. We've been, we, we, we've been waiting for it all series. We've been waiting for him to put the team on his back and carry him to a win, and he did just that in that game six. Giannis went off 44 and 20. He's the best player in the league. It's not close. It felt like going against peak LeBron. That's how that's how it felt where it was like you were not going to stop the guy. All you could do was hope to limit the supporting cast, which the Celtics did to perfection. And 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 then you wear him down as well and they're finally able to do that as it went on in uh in game seven, but, um, you know, in game six, Giannis 44 and 20, the first player in 20 years to do that in a playoff game. And in comes Tatum with his own 46. And, and that's, you know, enough to carry his team to the win and being the best player on the floor in a game where Giannis did that just speaks volumes about where Tatum is. I mean, he is a, he should be seen as a top five player now. Um, it's going to be really interesting. I want to do this when the, and I may do it on a podcast and I may see if we can have some guests on. I I really want to do like a top 20 player ranking because I really think it's going to have changed since significantly since last season. I mean, last season I was still in the mode of like, well, I may give LeBron one more year and then we'll see what happens. um, and, And we'll still leave him at the top for now. No, LeBron's not top five anymore. Like, like this is, um, the young group has taken over this, this list and I want to do a pod on it. You know, we'll probably do it in the off season once we've seen, you know, who's won the title, but, um, you know, and what happens with the rest of these playoffs and stuff, but it's going to be a fascinating conversation, but Tatum is pushing in that top five group and that top tier level group. And that game is just another example why, and. You know, then you get to Game Seven, and and Milwaukee, you really have to question the game plan there, in multiple ways. Number one, and I was critical of the Celtics, um, trying to get the two seed, trying to play Brooklyn, but you know what? It was the right move. They did the right thing. I was wrong. They were right. Kudos to them. They did the right thing, and um. Obviously, you look at how the Nets series played out and the fact that it was a sweep is 
you know, part of it too. But I mean, that the home court was the, was a huge difference in this series in, in Game Seven. You know, does Grant Williams have that kind of a game in Milwaukee? Probably not. Does Peyton Pritchard provide the impact off the bench he had in Milwaukee? Again, probably not. So it made, you know, I know the road teams won four out of the seven games in the series, and that is a sign of how good these teams are, that they are good enough to go win on the road in the playoffs. But um, home court made the difference here, and kudos to the Celtics for ignoring idiots like me and making the decision that was right for the team, and it paid off in a huge way. And they should be commended for that. And Milwaukee, on the other hand, who gave up the home court advantage, should be questioned. That that decision should be questioned for them. They're the champions. Why are they afraid of the Nets? Why don't they want the home court? I, I think that's got to be questioned. To, you know, really questioned now. And then also in Game Seven. The decision to just let Grant Williams, a 40% shooter from three, is, is particularly good from the corners. You're going to leave him open. Wide open three and dare him to beat you. Like, what kind of a strategy is that? And, and the funny thing about Grant Williams is, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, this wasn't like, like, I think, uh, was it game two, I think? He uh, really had a great game and, and, and with really high accuracy from three. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that Grant Williams shot the ball like particularly well in this game. I mean, he shot 7 for 18 from 3. Like, that's really, that, that's good. But let's not sit here and say like, oh my god, he was just flaming hot. No, it was just, he kept shooting and he made enough of them to be a good enough percentage, you know, given the shots he was getting. But, like, I, I think it was, you know... I mean, okay, Grant did the right thing. He executed the game plan to perfection. He should be commended for what he did. He played well. But, you know, I think a lot of it was just a bad game plan by Milwaukee. I mean, you're letting that guy just shoot wide open, and he's he's hitting enough of them where it's... Because uh, three is more than two, right? So if he's going to hit at that rate, you can't just keep doing that and, and they did and um again then, then you factor in Giannis really wearing down in that second half towards the end of that game finally the load he was carrying that whole series um was just too much for him so you put those two games together and and I knew again I knew it wasn't over because I just had a feeling, like I had a feeling they weren't gonna let that let their season end in Game Six, and then you get a Game Seven at home, and and it's it's your game to lose, and so, you know, you know the, these are the moments that make champions, and we're gonna get to where they stand now. But if this season ends how it very well looks like it could end. You know, these are just like how Milwaukee had to overcome Brooklyn in the second round, a tough second round series last year. You know, these are the moments that that, that are going to be remembered, you know, rem- remembered for a very long time. And um, so, just kudos to the entire entire Celtics team for 
for what they've done. Great series. And, and, and kudos, look, kudos to Milwaukee, too. That is a hell of a basketball team over there. The more championships are in their future, more championships are in Giannis's future. He's that kind of player. If Chris Middleton had played, who knows what the series would have looked like. But look, I'm not going to stand for, oh, the Celtics won the the series only because Chris Middleton is out. And so nothing they do from here is, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, all I know is 2017, the Celtics lost Isaiah Thomas you know, the best player on the team in the playoffs to injury in the conference finals. 2018, they lost uh, Gordon Hayward. Their big free agency signing literally went down like five minutes into the season. And, And then, you know, another certain player who we're not going to name here got injured as well. 2019, that other, you know, again, Hayward was still hurt. And that player who we're not going to name broke his brain and quit. 2020, Kemba Walker was injured. He was not himself by the end of that season. Hayward was injured again. And then 2021, I mean, good Lord, Jalen Brown was out. Let, let, like Robert Williams had to go out in the series. Kem, like half the team was out in that that playoff run. That whole that thing was a disaster, and it was right after the bubble. Guys, you know, didn't have a chance to recover from the previous season. I mean, it was just a tough, tough stretch for them, and, and a lot of so it's like this team has dealt with injuries every single year. And um, twenty eighteen and twenty twenty, you know, if, if if injuries had broken a different way, they would have been in the finals both years. So I'm not going to take the, oh, they're only, like, like, no, this is, you know, a bit of a, uh, you know, this is not that I wish injury on Chris Middleton. I think he's a fantastic player. I hope he gets back soon, and it would be really fun. I hope we see it next year to see healthy Celtics versus healthy Bucks in the conference finals. That 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 is what the basketball world deserves for sure. Um, but... You know, this is a bit of, you know, with all the bad injury luck the Celtics have gotten, I'm not going to apologize for them getting some good injury luck for once. Like, that that's just how it goes. I'm not going to apologize for that. They've dealt with too much. I'm not going to stand for, with all they've dealt with, like, I'm sorry, they're big time free agent acquisition in 2018 five minutes into the season blows out his leg and you expect me to be like oh you know oh they they went against a team in the playoffs that that didn't let like with all they've dealt with i'm sorry like no this this team is getting what it's long deserved and and what these players have you know persevered with and competed for for so long and I'm not going to apologize for that I'm just not um so you can miss me with that oh they only advanced because of the the Middleton injury stuff like you know and 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 we'd have to see what the series looks like too right like obviously the Bucks are better with Middleton but remember the Celtics blew game three and game five I mean this series easily could have been six to one like you know so we'd really have to see what that looks like in game five you can po- directly point to, oh, if Robert Williams is in the game just for that last play, that rebound, that put back by Bobby Portis that put Milwaukee ahead late, 
if Robert Williams is boxing out on that play, that alone is enough to probably tilt the game towards Boston. Boston probably wins the game at that point. That play alone. So, yeah, I mean, so that those are my thoughts on that. But look, Milwaukee is a great basketball team. I wish, you know, I, I you know, I wish Chris Middleton a good recovery. I hope he's back to 100% next season. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in basketball. He's absolutely terrifying to play against. I mean, it's you know you've hit a different kind of level when you play, you know, when you when you you know, you you know, or you know you're facing a player who's hit a different kind of level when you think you've played like good defense on somebody in a game. And then you look at their stat line, and oh, they've got 44 points and 20 rebounds. <laughs> like, it's just silly what this guy can do, and and he's still in his prime. He's going to keep getting better. I mean, if he ever, somebody ever gets the right shooting coach in front of him, and 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 fixes some things with the shot, oh my God, it's going to be over. It's it's going to be over. Um, and you know, if Milwaukee, I, I think they did make a couple of mistakes last offseason. Letting PJ Tucker go was was a big one, and um. If they can ever find, you know, if they can really find a replacement for that role, like maybe next on next season team, they'll be even, even better. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, so so props to Milwaukee. I'm sure they're going to be back, you know, next season and whatnot. But you know, I'm just happy for this Celtics team. It's been a long time coming for this group. Um, there's a lot of guys on this team that really deserve this moment, and um, and, and so let's let's look ahead now. So I thought that, you know, coming into this, I thought that Celtics Bucks in the second round was going to be the series. It was going to be the series that would decide, at the very least, who would come out of the East, and if not the East, possibly the championship. And looking at what has the what has happened out west, I really think Celtics Bucks was was you know was it that those are the best two teams we had going, and and, and by the way, if you're somebody who likes to, I'm gonna have some uh, betting advice in this pod as well. If you're somebody who likes to gamble, because I think the odds right now for the finals and stuff like that are way off kilter. From reality, and so we're gonna address that, um, you know, in today's podcast. But um, so I think the Celtics are, you know, now they are the odds-on favorites. They are, I think, maybe even heavy favorites to win the whole thing this year. The only reason you would look at and say like, oh, they're not heavy favorites, I think, is just because they haven't done it before, right? And you've got teams like. Um, you know, Miami has an infrastructure. A lot of the guys on that team haven't won a championship, but a lot of the coaching staff and front office has, and they did beat Boston a couple years ago, although that was a very different team. No more hunting, you know, Kemba Walker and Daniel Tice on defense. Well, Tice is still there, but he's not going to probably get a lot of playing time. Um, no more, especially no more hunting Kemba Walker on defense. Like, like that's going to be a, a thing of the past. You're not going to get that this series. And, so, you know, it's going to be a completely different deal this time. But, you know, they, they have, you know, some of that infrastructure there. I mean, the Warriors, obviously a lot of players on that team who have, um, 
you know, obviously the 2015 title there was huge. I, I again, I don't really have a lot of respect for what they did in the in the Durant era. I just thought it was way too easy for them, and and so I'm not really going to give them a whole lot of credit for that. But um, at the end of the day, you know, especially you look at 2015, that was a pretty impressive championship to go in, and um, and and so uh, and then you have Dallas with. Uh, you, you know, with Luca, it's it's like, yeah, a lot of the, you know, you have, I guess, some guys, you know, Jason Kidd won, you know, titles of player, but, um, you know, I, so I, I really think the Celtics team is the heavy favorite now. And, um, I don't want to act like I'm completely dismissing Miami. Um, I think, you know, I, I like play, I like teams that play defense. I don't like teams that are just offense only, like like a Brooklyn, for example. I, I don't really respect teams like that too much. Um, now, how much better is Miami than Brooklyn? Um, you know, I guess we're gonna. This is gonna be a great time to find out. I am. I think Miami's better than Brooklyn. I am very skeptical of the competition on that side of the bracket. I think um, Atlanta was a team that just you know didn't really play defense at all. The Sixers, you know, Embiid was injured, and um, James Harden was, you know, he's not James Harden anymore. He's he's a different sort of player now, and you know, again, I don't want to completely take take away from Miami. It's just hard to tell, right? You know, with some of the teams they've played in the playoffs so far. Um, but look, I respect the fact that they play defense. Um, Jimmy Butler, uh, again, you have to look at some of the defenses that, that he's going against, but he's put up some really big numbers in the playoffs so far. And, um, I think Eric Spolstra is, um, you know, I don't want to get into a whole Popovich Spolstra debate here. You know, we can save that for another day, but, um, given that Popovich didn't make the playoffs, let's just call Eric Spolstra the best coach in the playoffs, you know? Even you know, even you look at all sixteen teams. Spolster is the best coach there, so um, they're really well coached. Um, they have a lot of shooting, like um, some real competitors on that team, like PJ Tucker. Um, Bam was a uh, you know, in my mind, a top three defensive player. The you know, I, again, I believe Marcus Smart um, deserved the defense player of the year and more, but I do think Bam, you know, belonged in the top three. So like, again, Miami has, you know, some things that you have to pay attention to. Um, but I, I just think it comes down to the fact that a lot of the ways that, um, Miami beat the Celtics a couple of years ago, like, um, hunting Kemba on defense, throwing out zone defenses because, you know, th- that worked because guys, you know, weren't moving the ball the way they should have and um the bam matchup the celtics really didn't have a great matchup for bam i think a lot of those things are 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 things of the past for boston um miami is not going to be able to to do those same things and and they're not going to be able to out tough the celtics either i mean what as a team shows more toughness than you know dropping a game at home against the defending champions, having to go on the road to save your season and then come back home and win a game seven and then do all that. You know, what shows more toughness than that? So, um, just the ways in which Miami beat the Celtics two years ago, they're not going to be able to do again. 
Um, it's a different Celtics team. There's no weak link on defense anymore. Brown and Tatum have, you know, really, especially Tatum has stepped up so much as a playmaker, and they've got guys like Derek White um, as well that are going to be able to, you know, move the ball and, um, you know, find the open open guys out of the zone, you know, you know when they when they do the zone stuff. Like, that stuff's not going to work the same way anymore. Um, Robert Williams' development, you know, he is the perfect guy to have go against Bam, and if you want to do, and, and Al Horford as well. I mean, Horford was not on the team, um, you know, the, w- w- when the series happened in 2020. Um, and, and we'll see what the matchups are. I don't know if the Celtics are going to put, Hor- you know, give Horford a different assignment or if they're going to go with the regular season alignment if everybody plays of, well, Horford guards Bam and then Robert Williams guards P.J. Tucker and, and wreaks havoc inside, like, that might be the way the Celtics go, but it's just a completely different team. And then, of course, the mental toughness thing is just not, you know, not an issue anymore. You know, and, and again, those guys, you know, in 2020, I mean, you have to remember, these guys even now haven't hit their prime yet in terms of Brown and Tatum. Like, Brown and Tatum have not hit their prime yet now. I mean, so they really hadn't hit their prime in 2020. So... You can't kill these guys all of that much for, you know, maybe not knowing what it takes to win at a certain point. You know, a lot of guys don't win rings until they're later, tw- you know, later on in their 20s. And these guys have a great chance to do it at 24 and 25. So it's just been a process and they've learned how to how to win as they've gone. And um, the point I'm getting at is... Um, I have a hard time seeing Miami getting enough consistent offense against the Celtics. And again, I think the Celtics are probably going to be a little bit... It's going to be a very defensive-minded series, which is, again, I think it's a great... It's going to be great to see that. You know, people say, oh, you know, a defense doesn't matter in basketball anymore. It's all about offense. No. Watch this series and you'll... um, You'll, you'll feel differently. This series is going to be so defensive-minded. It's going to be great to watch from that standpoint. And um, at the end of the day, I, I think the Celtics are just better. Um, if they beat Giannis and they beat the defending champions and all the challenges that poses, I have a hard time seeing you know Miami get in the way of this team at this point. I will say this. I think the Heat are going to win game one. And the reason why is because it's going to be hard for Boston. Um, coming off of such a hard series against Milwaukee to have to turn around. I really wish that this the series were starting on Wednesday. Um, I, you know that that that's kind of a shame that it's they're having to go from Sunday right to Tuesday. Um, that's going to be pretty difficult, and you know Marcus Smart's going to be questionable for the game. It sounds like Robert Williams, the Time Lord, will be playing full go, which is good. But, um, and I do wonder if there's an element of you know you, the Bucks weren't the right matchup for for Time Lord because um, of of their pack the paint, let shooters shoot strategy on defense, but. Um, so they weren't the right matchup for for Time Lord, but Miami is a much better matchup for Time Lord. So I almost wonder if they are kind of hoping to get by a couple extra days with with him, 
and, and get him, make sure, you know, not play him in game seven and make sure that he's completely right for the Miami matchup because he's going to be needed. And um, it's if Smart can't go, it's going to be tough for for the Celtics. Um, I do think with, with such a quick turnaround, I mean, Horford's got to be just, you know, really spent at this point after having to jostle with Giannis for seven games. Um, I think it's going to, and on the road too, I think it's a classic, you know, Miami starts off the series on the right note um, thing. And, and and I'm actually waiting to, you know, to place any of, of my wagers on the conference finals um, until after game one, because I actually think the Celtics are going to lose them. Then I'm going to get a, get a better number on the Celtics after, um, after game one. So I'm actually holding off until after game one before I do anything. Um, but I do think the Celtics are going to win the series. I think they'll win probably two, games two, three, four, you, you know, obviously even the series in game two, then take control of it at home and win three and four. Then maybe Miami, you know, extends their season in game five, hangs on for a couple extra days, and then game six, the Celtics punch their ticket to the finals back at TD Garden. Um, that that seems to be a pretty plausible way this could go. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of what I see happening. And then um, let's talk about you know I want to talk about Phoenix at the end here, but I am going to talk about the West r- series real quick, um, and then just you know maybe what I see happening in the finals. I, again, I already had Boston in six. We know I already have Boston in the finals. So, honestly, Golden State and Dallas could not be more of a coin flip to me. Um, I think Dallas has the best player in the series. Like, Luka Doncic is is real. He's here, and he's spectacular. That dude is incredible. And uh, even though he's, like, the one guy really on their team, like, he, he makes it happen, man. And... Um, you know, Golden State is in this weird phase. You know, they're a really good team, so I don't want to take anything away from them. Like, they're a legitimately really good team. Um, but when you look at competing, at the, what it takes to compete at the highest level, it's like they've got this, you know, veteran core that's maybe a little bit past their prime, but still really good in, in Curry, Thompson, and, uh, and Draymond. Um, those guys are not what they used to be, but they're still really good players. But then you have like this young core of, um, you know, Jordan Poole, who's the most ready of those guys, but also um, Jonathan Kaminga, and uh, you know Moses Moody doesn't really play, but you, you know maybe you could play the Andrew Wiggins in there. James Wiseman doesn't really play, so they have like these young guys too, and it's like, and then you have like these. You know, role-playing vets like, you know, Otto Porter and um, I don't know if Bayelitz has really been playing for them, but he played for them in the regular season. Then you have Kavon Looney and um, so and, and obviously Gary Payton, um, the second going down really hurt them in terms of having an extra defender in the backcourt. They, they they'd really miss him. Really would admit would miss him for the Luka matchup, frankly. Um, I do wonder who they have guard Luca, maybe Wiggins. Um, you can't put Curry or Clay on him, I don't think, at, at this point. Clay, maybe in his prime, could have 
taking a turn at it, but I, I don't think he's there right now after after the injuries. Um, but it's just kind of a weird team. Like like it's a really good team though, and um, so it is almost like you know a best player versus best team sort of series and. I think it's honestly going to be a coin flip. I think this is going to be a fantastic series. Um, I think there's a chance it could... Obviously, I don't think anything we'll see this playoffs is going to top Milwaukee-Boston, but it could It could be in the running for best series after Milwaukee-Boston. Um, I think it's really going to be competitive. I'm going to go Golden State in seven, only because they have home court. Pets, I'm so... Tour and I know Dallas just won, you know, in Phoenix in a game seven, but bear with me here. I mean, so we know Dallas could do it, but these teams are so close to me that ultimately I'm just going to say, okay, um, I'll go Golden State in seven because they have home court. Um, so that would mean for Boston they play Golden State in the finals. Again, I think the Celtics are clearly the best team left. Um, I think they're clearly better than Miami. They're clearly better than Golden State. And they're better than Dallas. Now, I'll say this as a Celtics fan. Dallas actually concerns me the most out of the remaining teams. And the only reason why is because of Luka Doncic. That dude against the Celtics. I mean, go search up on YouTube. Go search like Luka and I haven't done this, so I don't know what kind of hits you'll get, but you know, just play around with it. Like, you know, go go search like Luca buzzer beaters against the Celtics or something along those lines, and like you're just gonna get so so many like just crazy dumb shots that he makes, and it's just ridiculous. And I really, you know, I really don't want them to have to deal with that in the finals. Like, just give me Golden State. Golden State is a team I honestly think the Celtics are a horrible matchup for them. With all the size that can defend on the perimeter, I think it's a really terrible matchup for the Warriors, and um, I think they would really struggle against the Celtics. And, and the Celtics have played the Warriors so well over the years. You know, going back to 2016 when they snapped the Warriors' uh, home win streak um, when they had their 73 win season. Like they've played that team so well over the years that it's hard for me to, um, you know, give them much of a chance against the Celtics. So I really think this is this is this is the Celtics chance because, you know, the league is is getting deeper and deeper and deeper every year. I, I think the Celtics will be among the best teams for, for several years to come. Tatum's on the level. I think it's gonna be a Celtics Bucks East for years to come. But there's gonna be different teams out of the West, like the Clippers, the Nuggets, teams like that are gonna you know, Memphis could keep getting better, like there's going to be teams out of the West that are that are different and better than the ones that are here now, and you know this is a a golden opportunity for Boston. A lot of things have fallen, you know, have broken right for them this year after they've broken wrong for so many years, and um, it's very it's imperative that they are able to take advantage of this. Um, they have arguably the best player left aside from. Um, Luca, which is not something that, you know, we might have said, you know, in, in some of the other years. So, um, it's imperative that this team, you know, they have gotten themselves to a point where it's almost like Milwaukee last year. Like Milwaukee last year, we looked at it and said, wow, this team has a hell of an opportunity sitting here, um, 
to break through and win it all. And I feel the same way with the Celtics team this year. It's there for them, and they've got to go take it. It's it's their finals to win, and I think they will win it. Um, so I want to talk about you know before we get to Phoenix, I'm going to talk about the betting landscape real quick. Just you know, you know, I like to, uh, and you guys may not want to listen to me because full disclosure, I, uh, I I I had a bit of a bad day yesterday with, uh, uh, you know, I was pretty well invested in Phoenix and. Um, Let's just say that didn't work out so hot for me. So, um, you know, again, listen to this at your own risk, but uh, I'm going to give the advice the best I can give anyway. Um, So in terms of who is... uh, So let's look at the um, finals odds. So I'm going to bring that up right now. And let's see if they've changed from earlier. Um... Earlier, Golden State was first. And I'm going to tell you guys why that's maybe something that you can... Or, or no, let's... Before we get to the finals, let's just look at the conference final series first. So... It'll be up in a second. Okay, there we go. Okay, so right now the uh, Celtics are minus 175 to beat Miami and the Heat are plus 145 to win the East against the Celtics. In the West, you have... And this has been moving um, towards Dallas throughout the day. Um, It was over plus 200. For Dallas, but right now it's plus 185 for the Mavs and minus 220 for Golden State. So what I'm going to say is I think they've got the books have this. Um, I, I don't really agree with this. I think from an odd standpoint, and this is, again, this is an opportunity to capitalize on this. Um, I think... I think they have Boston, Miami, right, in that the, they f- they favored the Celtics. Obviously, I think it just should be even more slanted towards Boston than it is. Quite frankly, um, you can get the Celtics right now to beat Miami in um, six games or fewer. So if you know you're sacrificing Boston in seven, which I think is an okay thing to sacrifice, given that it's in Game Seven is in Miami. So if you like Boston to win the series you're probably going to assume that they can get it done in, in six or fewer anyway. Um, but you can get Boston to win this series in six games or fewer at plus 106 right now. I think that's really good odds. Um, and I would definitely recommend um, I would definitely recommend taking a look at that. Um, and then in terms of Go- uh, Golden State and... Uh, and Dallas, um, again, I like Golden State to win, but I think minus 220 there and plus 185 for the Mavs, I think that's way off. I think it should be way closer to a pick em. Um Maybe like minus 120 for Golden State and plus 100 for Dallas. That That's much closer to what I would probably have it at. Um, 
So honestly, at these odds, what, and I don't really see an option for that here. Maybe you can find it. I'm looking at FanDuel right now. If you can find it at a different book, like, and you can get Dallas plus 1.5. So basically, if you can get Warriors in seven added into, you know, the Mavs winning, I think that's a decent position, honestly. I think that's a decent position because... Um, I think this series is going to be competitive. It's going to be a coin flip. and Or you could just... Um, you could also uh, bet it to go six or seven games, too. So there's definitely some options, um, you, know, with, you know, with that. Um, but I think the odds on that are, are, are way off. And I'm going to look at the finals as well. And, and that kind of, uh, you know, flows into this. So right now the uh, Golden State Warriors are plus 130, the Celtics are plus 210, the Heat are plus 430, and the Mavs are plus 650. I think these are all way off for the most part. Um, I think Boston should be the favorite. Boston should be a pick. You know, Boston should be uh, you know pick them. Boston should be like plus 100 or so. Um, so I think the Celtics at plus 210 to win the title is really, really good value right now. And if you're lucky enough when the Celtics, you know, I, I didn't do it because I already had, you know, a lot on the Celtics. So I, I, I didn't take advantage of this. And obviously it was a, it was a tricky spot. Like, you know, they could have lost and, and then your ticket's dead. But like, if you were bold enough to, when the Celtics were down 3-2 against Milwaukee to take advantage of the plus 1,000 um, finals odds for the Celtics at that point, then you're sitting pretty right now um, with your tickets. So, you know, props to anybody who had the guts to do that. But I think, you know, Celtics at plus 210 to win the finals is really, really, really good odds right now. Um, I think Golden State to plus 130 is a, is a stay away. I, uh, again, I, I have them beating Dallas, but it's really close. And um, I think at those odds, like, and I think they're, they'd lose to Boston. So I don't think... Um, I don't think that's a good, a good way to look. Um, and then Dallas at plus six fifty is like the other one that um, I think you could play if if your play is just like oh Lucas is going to dominate. Then like I think again plus six fifty is not not bad. Miami um, again I just don't see it's plus four thirty so it's not like you're getting horrible odds but I just don't see them beating the Celtics so. I can't really recommend them either. So, like, you know, again, I think Boston is, is one you should look at if you're looking at finals odds. I also think Dallas, if you're looking for the, you know, a long a long shot play, I don't think it's, you know, going to be that bad of one um, at, at plus 650, like, you know, because I think they're close to a pick them against the Warriors. And, um, and I think, again, against Boston, I would be more worried about playing them than I'd be about playing Golden State. So um, that's kind of how I feel about that. So let's get into Phoenix real quick. Um, Oh, my God, the Phoenix Suns. Oh, man. What an embarrassment. You know, I was trying to think of, like, what are the most embarrassing series losses I can remember? And... Um, there's not many, especially if you look at like second round, like obviously there, there are some really embarrassing ones, right? Like, 
Um, I think LeBron losing in the 2011 finals definitely um, is pretty embarrassing. But at the same time, like he did make the finals and um, and then we don't look at it the same way now because he did break through the next year. Um, I think for... Uh, I think um, another really embarrassing one, obviously the Clippers in the bubble. Like I thought that team was going to win the championship that year, and then they blew three one in the bubble to Denver. And uh, yeah, uh, that was a pretty uh, that was a pretty bad one. Um, but man, this Phoenix team they they win sixty four. They you know. We're in the finals last year, so they had, you know, I know they played some teams that had some injury issues, but, like, they had still had, you know, a track record in the playoffs. It's not like they were, and it's not like they were uncompetitive in the finals either. Like, it was a pretty, comp- like, Milwaukee pulled away at the end, but it was a pretty competitive finals. So, it's not like they just rolled over, and it's not like they were an awful playoff team, like. You know, and then they came come back this year and they back it up with sixty four wins. I mean, you know, I, I think there was reason to believe they were legitimate. It was just um they fell apart at the wrong time. Um obviously CP three, I don't think he he was right physically. Then you have some guys that were just really out of sorts and no showed and um there's some really weird stuff. The one thing you have to look at with their future, because I, I think a loss like this, you know, is really gonna shake them and um you know, affect what their team looks like going forward. I'm not sure you can bring this team back exactly as is after that sort of collapse. So I think one thing you might see is DeAndre Ayton, whose contract is in some question, you know, it's a question mark as to whether they're going to bring him back. Um, I think the odds of him being elsewhere just skyrocketed. Um, I'm not sure he's back on the Suns next year. So that's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Um, but he played like 17 minutes. Apparently, there was some internal issue with him, and um, seemed like some real problems in Phoenix. And we and we know their owner probably won't pay luxury tax either. And so um, you look at it, and and it's uh, you know Phoenix. It, it you know they they had a window this season. I thought they were a lock to win the West. Um, shame on me. I was wrong on that. Um, I thought they were locked to win the West. I thought they'd lose to the finals again to Milwaukee or Boston. But, you know, you get there and you never know. And so, um, you know, I I think there's a real chance. I mean, Chris Paul's going to be 38 next year. Like, you're possibly losing Aiton. The Clippers are going to be healthy. The Nuggets are going to be healthy. The Grizzlies are going to, you know, keep getting better. The Warriors' young guys are going to keep getting better, although the old guys, you know, may decline some more. Um, I mean, the Lakers could figure some... I, I If they keep Westbrook, you might as well end their season before it started, but if, if they find some sort of diamond in the rough, um, you know, they still have LeBron. Uh, I will pick them for anything, maybe even to make the playoffs, but... Um, you have to mention a team with LeBron James on it. The Timberwolves are a young team that's going to keep getting better. I mean, the Mavs. So, so there's all these teams in the West. And um, this was the year for Phoenix. And now they come up empty. And 
it's hard to have too high of expectations for them going forward. I think they, they blew their opportunity. Um, and a loss like this is only going to make it seem like even more like they blew that opportunity. It, it really is just a crushing blow if you're the Phoenix Suns. And um, I don't think it's going to cost like Monty Williams' job or like the front office their jobs or anything like that. I think those guys are probably safe. But I do think we're going to see roster changes, especially with um, you know that team getting more expensive, and they're going to look at it and say, okay, if if we won the title, you know, maybe we we go into the tax and stuff. But like, you know, with you know, you're going to lose like that in that game by over forty points. Like, no, we're not going to over, you know, we're not going to like overextend ourselves to keep this team together. So. There's going to be change now in Phoenix, I think, and and I think, um, you know, a quick two-year run for them is one of the powers of the league that I think is is probably coming to an end here. Um, So, I mean, a fun team to watch at its best, but um, a team that at the biggest moment of the season had just one of the most disappointing games I've seen, you know, in my time watching basketball. It really is, I mean, we can't overstate how incredible it was, you know, what we just witnessed, and and credit to the Mavs too. I mean, Luca um, and his teammates certainly came in, and um, you know they didn't let up, and and they uh, they kept running up the score to a point where Phoenix couldn't make a run um, and, and really come back. So um, it'll be interesting, but I think that's about all we have for the pod today. Thanks for for listening. We'll be back, uh, you know, throughout the rest of the playoffs here. Um, you know, hopefully we'll have uh, you know some more good news on the Celtics as this uh, just amazing um, dream come true Celtics season continues to to play out. And um, thanks for listening, and have a great night.